but I'm really, really excited. I am so ignorant to polyamory as it can get because <laughs> I thought, I was telling my husband, I was like, I thought only Mormons did that. Like, I thought that's just a Mormon. <laughs> and then he was like, well, Mormons is just the male has like several wives and i was like oh so it's a sexist polyamorous yeah community. that's that's a, that's a cock in the hen house oh my god that's exactly what that is that's crazy are we starting yet or are we uh we we will start yeah but it's, this is just pre-record oh talk. totally got some questions before we kind of fire away just because i'm coming into this blind as sure. we all are yeah absolutely what's we don't i guess i don't know what the intent is or the portrayal is like what are we looking at at, at i know we're discussing polyamory how we and the questions and answers but I guess, what's your goal of, of tonight with us? So uh, the podcast is called Be Less Petty. Mm-hmm. And the idea, well, this particular season is Be Less Petty about relationships. Okay, gotcha. And so we're exposing just how other people deal within their relationships to, to give light to it. So okay. people can be less petty about what they assume. And not only that, it kind of goes into just how like me and my husband has been on here the entire season, and we've discussed things like uh, infidelity, mm-hmm. stuff that we've personally experienced, and by exposing that and talking about that and uh, talking about like communication and stuff within our marriage, it's kind of helped other people look at their situation in in a different way, you know? Okay, so so yeah, for for just so I can wrap my head around it, it's super informational. We're not doing some sort of point counterpoint thing. No, no, there's cool. no debates happening cool. here. Okay. We're just chatting. It's a, it's a chill conversation. Cool. We'll ask some questions. I'm super curious. Like, cool. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you then you, you, you hit jackpot because we teach it. Yeah. Oh, that's. I yeah. mean, not like I not did. in the terms of like recruiting, but like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. we all little calls. Right, but we but we teach classes on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I looked her up a little bit. I saw yeah. your TED talk, and yeah. I saw that you do a lot of um, just self help, really, for women. Yep. Which is pretty cool. Um, and then this kind of is part of what it is because it's all about my work with women is all about owning who you are yeah. and like owning your voice and speaking up and and not apologizing for who you are. So, of course, that kind of comes into the work that we do awesome yeah yeah so that's what this all perfect this all is perfect. you're cool or do you want to fly out you're no good? no no like i was good either way i just want to know like like how serious how do, do i need to be prepare? like no. yeah like do i need to have coffee or not like I'm this good. Is, okay to give you a little bit of, i'm a stand-up comedian yeah that's, i saw that I yeah, went, that's, i saw your stuff that's kind of what i do on a regular basis but i'm a super serious person it's weird and so i like to have these kind of conversations about shit that we all deal with i'm pretty sure there is some things within a polyamorous relationship that totally can register with a, a monogamous relationship. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure there's something there. And just people's interest. You yeah, know? I mean, jealousy's a huge thing. Like, it's just life. Like, and we so, were yeah. talking about that. We was like, how do you deal with that? So we're definitely going to get into that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Fire away. Yo, what up, world? It's your girl, Kelly Howard, here sharing my personal experiences on how being petty almost ruined my life. Yes, all those petty ways and consuming my precious days just in petty thoughts. Just, ugh, why he packed like that? Mm, why she looking at me? Is she? Can you believe she coming on my post saying XYZ? Did what? Just pettiness. Just all consuming. And I know you want to be less petty too. Don't you, mm-hmm, girl? Well, check out these bars. Hey, be less petty with your time. Okay. Be less petty with your mind. Be less petty with your blame. All that petty shit is lame. Hey. Be less petty 
with your friends. Love first. Make amends. Be less petty with your life. Be less petty with your wife. Okay. Be less petty with your mom. Be less petty with your job. Be less petty. Be less petty. Be less petty, baby. Body aches, migraine, chronic illness, anger pains. All it comes from is being petty. Hey. I'm telling you now, uh -huh. you don't want to do it. Nope. Cause that petty shit will have you in room. Hey. Social media, yep. yep. Be less petty there. Mm -hmm. Cause all them petty comments ain't gonna get you nowhere. nowhere. You don't even want to be petty. Showdown. I feel it. You just doing it. Cause it's socially acceptable But don't nobody want no more We wanna move on to a new time Where we can love and spit these rhymes Like what? I wanna love everybody But is that even possible? With this pretty behavior I don't know why I start singing It was just in me Now my ears are ringing My ears are Hey, welcome back, guys. This is Be Less Petty, the podcast. I am your host, Kelly Howard, and you know this season is specifically about relationships. And what better way to do that than with my amazing husband, Mike Jew, as the co-host. Hello. <laughs> it still was awkward. It was still awkward. <laughs> so in the car, he tells we were, me. We were, you were supposed to say Mike Jew and then like, say hi or something like that, a prompt. But she always does this like singing, like, and my amazing husband, the co-host. And then she does this. And I'm like, Mike. <laughs> so he told me to say his name this time. And I did. And he still did the weird, awkward we'll, standoff we'll, thing. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Eventually, before the end of the season. <laughs> um, I am really, really excited to have my guest on today. I don't know if anybody has ever been curious, but I am. And uh, so I'm excited to talk to this polyamorous married couple that we have here in the studio. I want everybody to have a warm welcome for Nikki Neagle? Neagle. Rhymes with Eagle. Yeah, 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 I saw that. And Chad Goodrum. Is it Goodrum? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just like it sounds. Yeah, that's what or I spell. figured. Yeah. Welcome. Hello. Hey. I'm excited to have you guys. We're just going to dig right in. Yeah, fire away. If okay. you can define what polyamory is, yeah. that would be great. Okay. So we can define it for what it is for us. So this is a first sort of thing is it's different for everyone and everyone defines it differently. But, but for us, polyamory is that that we have uh, we have more than one love and more than one loving relationship, more than one intimate relationship um, outside of each other. And so like that's the most basic way that we describe it to ourselves. So we ha we are each other's primary or another word is used as um, anchor or nesting or nesting. Yeah. So we are each other's prime. So this is my husband. We are together. This is my primary. But I have. And it's weird. Is it secondary? There's I have other partners, but he's my primary. Like we live together, we have a life together, but it doesn't mean I don't love other people. But he's my first and foremost. Yeah, okay. I I tend not to use secondary because I don't want any of anyone to feel secondary. You know, like you don't ever want to feel secondary in life. Yeah, just, for lack of a better word. Right. I just read that today that some people use primary and secondary and other ones don't because of the jealousy factor. Right, yeah. right. And it's just also like, like for example, uh, like I have one of my partners and we have conversations about that. And it's like, how would you like it if somebody said, you know, like 
you're at, you're my secondary, even though like you're in a loving relationship, it seems kind of everybody's valid and I don't want to ever put somebody above or below anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have one of my partners is a woman and we kind of joke that she's my secondary primary Okay. Or she my primary secondary. Like it's just kind of we say it in jest. Okay. Because she knows she means so much to me. She knows like she knows that I know that he knows oh, that. Oh yeah. But she, Everyone... but she also has a partner as well. Now are most polyamorous relationships uh, like bi- bisexual or like no you, no. No, no they're not. I, I don't think anything is defined that way specifically. Got you. That's um, kind of like saying like our monogamous relationships mostly bisexual. Like mm. everybody's different, every couple is different. So every couple defines their relationship their own particular way. Yeah, like my my partners that are not my wife are, are women. Oh, okay. Um, that's not to say that like like I wouldn't have partners that didn't identify as, as women. Um, I identify as queer, so like that's not something but just this this is what I am and this is who I date. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't mean that I wouldn't date someone. Uh, that was outside of female identified. Gotcha. Now, so I guess it would be a good time to go into how did you two meet? Yeah, how long have you guys been together? 12, 12 and a half years. Yeah, 12 and a half years. Almost 13 years total on Memorial Day of 2019. And did you come into that being polyamorous? Like, nope. was that no. No. Mm-hmm. Okay, no. let's hear about how you met. I yeah. Was so, we, so I'll start it. Yeah, yeah, and we'll just sort of like in. cut each other off. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so we met in 2006. Okay. Um, I was just about to turn 32. He was 32, so we're the same age. And I was working at an art supply store. I managed the paper department. and uh, Shout out to Pro Art Supply. That's no longer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, I was relatively newer in Chicago. I was here just under a year. I had moved here from New York City. And so I was working at Pearl Art Supply. I was managing their paper department and he would come into the paper department and buy paper for me, supposedly hitting on me. I say supposedly because I didn't know that. And I found that out a little bit later, but he would come in and buy paper for me, buy something called Yes Paste and supposedly hit on me, but I was completely... I bought the same large container of like... Modge Podge, like at least three times. <laughs> like if we hadn't pitched it over the years, like it, that's enough for like all the arts and crafters in the world. Like oh, yeah. wow. you could never go through all that. <laughs> so one day I'm sc- – this is so 2006 to say. So one day I had a profile on MySpace, but I was never really on MySpace. <gasps> like I had a profile but never really did anything with it. Yeah. And one day I think he – I forget how MySpace worked, but I don't know if he – friend requested me no. or followed me no this is where i'm gonna jump in oh yeah go for it so when you signed into myspace uh for anyone that was younger than we are i guess um when you sign in it has like a checkerboard of people that they sort of uh they scour your demographic and they're like look you're single this is your zip code you know here's members of the opposite sex and they sort of like like hey maybe you should be friends with these people sort of thing and one day i signed in and like her picture popped up and i'm like that's the lady from pearl like, I didn't know her name because there's no name tags there, and I never really had the courage to ask your name, I don't think. No. So I just messaged her there. I'm like, hey, you're the lady from Pearl. And I said, I come in and buy glue from you all the time. Super cool. I'd love to come hang out with you. Maybe go for a bike ride because she had pictures of bikes. I took it. She was into bikes. I was into bikes, and I had a tandem bike. And I said, we go for a tandem bike ride. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I, re- I remember I had, like, just had, like, a 
not a bad date, but with a date that was I felt that was kind of stalkery to me. And okay. so when he was like, oh, he hadn't even met. We hadn't even really officially. I mean, we met, but I didn't really know him. He's like, yeah, we can take a bike ride on my tandem bike. And I'm like, well, why don't you just come into the store and we can take it from there? <laughs> so that was Memorial Day. That was then, Memorial Day 2006. So and then I so I came into the store and because it's Memorial Day, it's dead. No one's in there. It was River North and nobody hung out yeah. there at the time. So I went in, introduced myself. We hung out in that store for three hours. Because I had we didn't have any shipment. We barely had any customers. So it was just me in the paper department and with so like zero customers and him. We hung out for three hours and then took the train back to to my place, which was in Roscoe Village, which later became our place for nine years. Um, walked inside the door and I had a postcard from an art show that I went to, uh, had it framed and just sort of sitting on a side table. And she's like, you gotta be effing kidding me. It was a picture of her best friend. Oh, wow. So, so to explain, so it was a, yeah, I saw this postcard and I remember seeing it upside down on the table and I was like, I, I know those tattoos. Like I know. And I looked, I'm like, this is my, this is my best friend since high school. So I went to high school in Wisconsin. The photo was taken in the desert outside of Vegas at a burlesque convention because she was doing burlesque for a while. And she currently lives in San Francisco, and he found it at an at an art show in Chicago. Oh wow! wow. Yeah, like, I think it was it was at Corbett versus Dempsey Gallery. Like they had a a burlesque, like it was like sort of an oddities burlesque uh, uh, photo show, and so it was that was the card from the show. And I'm like, I really like that. It was like a, a like a large buxom blonde woman, a lot of tattoos with a parasol in the desert. I'm like, that's a great card. Didn't think anything of it and just wow. put it on my desk. And yeah, and I was like, this is my best friend since high school. Like we were. You know, I've known her. We were virgins together. We traveled <laughs> Europe together. Like we, I, she's just a huge part of my life as my best friend. And I don't know if he really believed me. I think it was one of those things of like, oh yeah, I like that band just like you do. And then you find right. out later you don't really like that band like, as oh, much. Like all great friends with Eddie Vedder or something. Like some sort of like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't can think of another name, but it's like, oh, you you met him in a mall. You're not really right. You don't know him. Right, right, yeah. right. And I remember, and my friend is she's very just. Rock and roll, cocaine, champagne. Like, she's just very, very, like, just, she's just seen it all. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say she's jaded, but she's just, like, nothing really phases her because yeah. she's just seen it all. So I remember I called her up, and I was like, you will never believe what happened. I'm like, I met this guy last night. I go back to his apartment, and there's a postcard of you. She was like, oh, my God. She was freaking out. <laughs> she just was floored. So then I told her who the who the photographer was. She didn't know it at all she had to contact the photographer to, to sign a release form she had never signed a release form oh, wow. wow yeah so he was yeah. selling these postcards of her i don't know if he was selling it was them, part but... of the show oh giving yeah. Them out. yeah it was just right. like the sort of takeaway right. of the show and yeah. so that i mean that's how we met and then i think i mean i think you were there till like 2 30 i was there till it was middle of the was, night it was i think it was about one and i was like Oh, I just want him to kiss me. And I'm a pretty forward person. Like, I'm like, I, I don't have a problem, like, asking men out. I don't have a problem being me. But I was, like, trying to, I was, like, is he going to kiss me? Is he not going to kiss me? And I'm, like, positioning my body in certain ways. I'm, like, I'm giving him all the signs. <laughs> and he just wasn't, like, you and I'm, like, it. yeah. And then I'm, like, well, clearly he's into me because I'm at his apartment until 1 o'clock in the morning. And finally I'm, like, I'm going for it. And he was sitting on the couch and I just like got up and I straddled him and we made out like, I don't know, 20 minutes. I don't know. Yeah. It, it was a good chunk of time. And then I rode my bike home because I was a big cyclist back then. 
So I rode my bike home from Roscoe Village to Edgewater at like 1.30 in the morning, like basically high on life because I was like, oh my God, I just met this really cool guy. <laughs> so yeah. And that was it. I mean, we're, we're like, that was, that, that sealed the deal. And yeah. so oh. you guys started dating, got married, we started dating. So, so before the marriage part comes into it, so probably about a month or so into our relationship, he says to me, he's like, so, um, you know, it's like me and you together forever. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I loved him. Like, I did it, but I had a lot of baggage that I was coming with, like past relationships that never worked out. So I just was like, yeah, okay. Like, I'm sure it's me and you. We'll see what happens. But I never said that to him, but I also knew that that was my own baggage. And yeah. then, like, we were together all the time. We, you kind of you kind of sort of moved in and we sort of laughed about your apartment being offsite storage, like really expensive offsite storage. That I get my mail at because mm-hmm. I was never at my apartment. And then we moved in together into his place. Uh, we were dating for like seven or eight months. Yeah, moved in and then that's just it's just been that. And it was we, just really easy. I was like, oh, this is what a boyfriend is supposed to be like. Like it just made so much sense. Everything just seemed to go really easily. So then he always said that, you know, he's like, I want to marry you. I'm like, okay. And I never ever ever in my whole entire life thought I was ever going to get married that was never my plan never cared to have it be my plan and so when he was like let's get married at some point I was like okay that sounds actually like a great idea so and then we got married four years later we got married in 2010 all completely monogamous okay Okay. yeah all monogamous never explored outside never had the discussion to go outside of our of our relationship never desired to do it so when we, did that shift come? How did that happen? Who who brought it to who? I don't know if either. Well, see, I think. Well, it starts with the lusty lady in San Francisco. Right. But I think to, to back that up to like a back up just before we actually. Your speak. best friend. Oh, no, 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 it's a, no, a, a no, 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 it's Oh, no. I'm still thinking about the big, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. she lives in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. No, we'll too much there. correlation. Got we'll it. Get there. But I think, <laughs> I think before we even get to sort of like a, some sort of catalyst, catalyst. I think, I think it's safe to say we're both very sexual people both pretty open in that aspect from our our, our lives and our mindsets in general and i think we just got to a point uh, in our own sex life together where we just decided that we wanted to branch out not out of boredom or to fix anything it was just something that we both we wanted wanted more together yeah like it would seep into like our dirty talk like we would imagine like there were people like watching us or maybe that there was like a stranger coming in but it was just dirty talk that's all it was it was just just sort of like audible stuff that we would just say and then san francisco has a has a live peep show or used to yeah where it's and it's a co-op where all the women that work there owned it um portland portland has it too it's the same company i think portland still i think portland closed or it was portland or seattle i think they closed and san francisco closed some years ago some years ago so, it was, yeah, it was a co-op that was owned by all of the women that danced there. And I had known about it from even before. I lived in San Francisco 97 to 01, and I knew about the Lusty Lady, I think, in the early 90s. And I'd gone there a couple times, and then when So we, what exactly is that, a live peep show? So it's, it's you put money in. You're in, a, in a, like a booth. You put money in, and a, a, a wall raises, and there's a woman there dancing. Like you're oh, right God. there. Oh, gotcha. But so it's, it's a glass. There's glass. It's glass. Right. But yeah, but yeah. it's it's full. Like you have you can talk to each other. There's full interaction, and I mean. So basically, think of like a bunch of women in like a room like this, like kind of like just a small studio, 
And then on the outside of the walls is basically all these different windows. Because yeah. right. each, and then, but we would go into the the wheelchair. It's But it's like made for two people. Got it. Because okay. it also had a seat. It okay. also had, like, as I don't think the other booths, I think oh, they were I just see. standing. Yeah. So that was kind of the introduction. That was right. the introduction. To adding and another that, party to your. that And that, like, right away sparked with us. Like, yeah. I mean, the intent of those places, it's not like a surprise. Like, you're going there, like, 99% of the, 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 the customers are, are men. They're going there to get off. And that, that's that's what it, that's the expectation. Oh, so they just go in there and masturbate? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We got it. We went in there. And like, I think it's very rare um, that there's a female that goes in there. In fact, I remember one of the first times we went in there, I was wearing a hat. And one one of the dancers was like, I love your hat. And I remember he was like, she's ruining it. Like, because like now the woman is like interacting with me. I'm like, no, no, no like that's actually really good because they're probably ecstatic that there's another woman. That there. was a catalyst, though, for yeah. sure. Like it, yeah. it triggered something in us. I'm like, oh, there's more to this than there's just there's just more. I think to I, sex. Yeah. And I think there's more that we wanted together yeah out of that and that was that was the catalyst for okay. sure so we would go there and we would have sex in those booths or like mutual masturbation because it's hard to like have it, sex in that booth but right. many times it was it was like mutual masturbation or like we would play with each other in that way but barely we ever had sex because it's one, just difficult once we did i think yeah. in the first booth like but it's just like trying to like finagle in a corner like right. logistics yeah. or like like <laughs> that tub sex right right yeah. right 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 you're just like why are we rich with a giant bathtub like, right. but like it's right. not and we would go to san francisco a lot because i have friends that live out there i used mm -hmm. to live out there so every time we'd go to san francisco i mean it was like a yearly thing like boom lusty lady it was in uh north beach which is like their little italy but i think it's been long gone yeah i think it's long gone and it's funny because every time we'd go we get done, and then we'd go to this Italian bakery down the way and get like cannolis, and that was kind of like a tradition for yeah, us. Yeah, get like, like coffee and cannolis. Like, yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of our introduction to sort of non-monogamy that 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 idea, and that sort of grew into. I would say like that was like if we met in 2006. I mean, we're looking at like 2007, 2008, 2009. I mean, every year we would go. And that grew into the idea of, all right, we've watched this enough times. And this has been part of our vocabulary and sex that like, let's look at swinging. Like we know what it we like we know what the general term is, right? Um, and that's a whole nother story. Uh, but we got into swinging sort of first, which led us into polyamory. They're they're they're, they're both consensual, consent, non non consensual non monogamy. But they're very, very, very different from each other. Yeah. Now, swinging, that's just like a bunch of people together. Doesn't no. have to be. Doesn't have to be. I no. swinging was married, cup, two married couples. It doesn't have to it be. It doesn't have to it be. It doesn't have to be. I so think, this is back to one of those, it defines itself right, kind of thing. Right. For for us, again, like, like the last thing I want to do is ever like define it for someone else. But for us, swinging is like... It's sex with other people, and however you define that, but there's not a relation. You're not in a relationship. You can be. Got it. I, for those swingers out there that have that, you totally can be, but that was generally not what we. It all kind of, but we also. I think we need to talk about that because it also we had a very different perception of what swinging was, and what ended up happening was we were on this family trip. We were going to Vegas with like 25 people, and it was like. And I'm not a big fan of Vegas. I did Vegas back in my 20s. Neither of us gamble. I don't gamble. We don't gamble. We don't go see shows. Like, And so we were taking this big trip with like 
my mom and my brothers and I mean like 25 people were going to this trip to Vegas in January of 2011. And I ended up getting online because I was like, there's got to be something else to do in Vegas besides, like, shows and gambling and drinking. Right. And so you just get in a, in a, in a rabbit hole, and I ran into this place called the, uh, the Red Rooster. And it's not even in Vegas. It's in Henderson, which is, like, a half an hour outside. It's kind of like Schaumburg. Yeah. Right? Like, it's out in the suburbs. <clears throat> and what I liked about it, and it's still around, the website was all very um, – there's a lot of rules – Couples are upstairs. Singles are downstairs. You can bring your own alcohol. There's a specific cab driver that will come pick you up and take you there. All the prices were listed. It said, like, no means no. Everything was really laid out. And I'm, I'm a big fan of rules. I'm a big fan of guidelines. So I was like, oh, my God, this might be something really cool to check out. And so I showed him the website. And then we ended up, we were in the hotel room and we, like, called Carl. He was the... The cab. The cab driver. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's kind of surreal. Oh, Carl. So, yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I, don't, I don't know, like, time frame where we're at here, but, like, that's a long story. And there's, like, a whole other stories behind that. But essentially that, we got into swinging and we did that for years with other couples. And the Red Rooster was a swinging club. The Red Rooster was a swinging yeah. club. But I want to point out that just quickly before we get into the polyamory part is that when we went there, it was nothing that we thought it was. No. We were like, no, this is not for us. We don't want anything. We, we thought it was going to be more anonymous. And then we realized that there's a whole community behind it. And we Everybody were like, knew everyone there. And oh, it was wow. asking about how their family was, how the kids, because it's right after the holidays. And, you know, well, I grew up on like, like the adult like 1970s 1980s pornography and penthouse forum where we're just like dear penthouse forum right. you're never gonna believe what happened to me like that sort of thing <laughs> so to see like some middle-aged folks in there key i was how's the kids it's like a social club yeah much, and that's what i that's what my idea of swinging was is just like a bunch of people together just a dealing with whoever they felt at a club at, at a club with. it can be it certainly can be. Um, and at a club, sometimes they all know each other. And we never played when we were there. We were just like, right. I don't think this is for us. And then we came back to Chicago and we were like, I don't think this is for us. And we kind of let it go. And then I think it was like it sort of creeped back into four us. or five months later. It, it kind of found like we were like, this is not maybe we need to redefine it. And then that's how we kind of introduced ourselves back into it then i think we had to reprogram it in our in our brains right. of what swinging really meant and for, so, for us and so we got involved in 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 that life for years and it just came to a point i think where we wanted more than just the sex with other people and also there was also like there's a dynamic to swinging where it's like there's a lot of logistics it's typically like it's you're like like we we had swing partners that were singles, either male or, or female, but we were always together. And I think there was part of us that wanted some separate intimacy. Mm. Um, Got it. And as well as like like there's separate love involved in that. Whereas like I think we just reached a point where it wasn't fulfilling what we wanted, and that was you know many years, many many years. And I think early on, I don't know if I would have ever been able to say, I'm like, you know what? Like, I want to love some other people. Yeah, because I, 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 I remember yeah. at one point we were, you know, we because every time we were swinging, every time we played, we were always together in the yeah. same room, always, whether it was with another couple or mm. with an, a single. And we had some friends that were exploring, like, the poly world. And I remember we said to each other at one point, 
I can't ever imagine going out on a date with someone else. I can't ever imagine dating someone else. Like we said that to oh, yeah. each other. But also what what we're realizing is never say never and you never know where your relationship relationship is going to evolve to. Okay. Now, do you guys worry about like how do you deal with jealousy? How do you deal with Yeah, I think jealousy uh, is the big one. Yeah. yeah I think we deal it with with no different than you deal like I try to use analogies uh outside of like outside of the poly poly world life to explain that like I deal with the same way I deal with jealousy among friends. Like if I'm jealous of, let's just, for example, say you wanted to hang out with a friend and they end up going out with another friend. Like I don't really see it much different than that. But also there's a part of me where like, as far as like jealousy, like if I'm looking at it towards from a perspective of, of, of Nikki here going out on a date or being with another partner, there's a term and some people buy into it some people don't called compersion where you have a, a great feeling of happiness for their happiness mm. and so i found and it's so different than like i guess that hokey saying of like hey turn that frown upside down <laughs> you know it's kind of the same concept of like i don't really want to i don't want to be jealous yeah like i don't i want to so be jealous it's kind of a perception thing it's absolutely it's just like it's right. we always say and this is what we in our class it's only weird if you make it weird right like that's with everything it's like and it's also like everyone tends to get hung up on the on the sex aspect of things and in reality that's probably like the smallest aspect of it like and i would like to point out that we with having outside relationships we're not looking to replace each other i'm yeah. not looking to find right. another husband <clears throat> or a wife i'm not looking to find another chad no, that would kind of suck to find a carbon copy of someone. Yeah. You're like, man, I'm putting in twice the work for the same person. Right. Yeah. So it's just really about having just a, a, a connection outside of the marriage. Yeah. Having yeah. a separate. And there's a part of that when we talk about, like, you brought up, like, jealousy, like, sort of the, the not the counterpoint to that, because that's not the, a good word, but there's a, the piece that I like about it is, like, and this is my belief that, and I'm not, like, I don't want to say this is the way to go. It's just a belief that I have. It's like, and that's that's a lot of pressure to put on one person to make them be the end all be all to everything in your life. Mm. That's a lot, and I don't I don't want to be that person, and I don't I don't want to put that pressure on her or anyone. It's like you got to satisfy all my needs. Yeah, like it's, it's just like not even sexually, just, just all my love needs. Like that's a lot. Yeah, that's I a, just I just heard that from one of these um, love coaches. I think it was Esther Perel, maybe that said something about that. Like you. We put so much stock into one person. Like you are supposed to make all of my life happy now. Right. <laughs> it's it's kind of like, like damn. It's like a, like if you have like a, a really intense best friend, and then it's like, hey, you know, I need some. Like it's the same sort of thing. Like you, like I feel that that's just a ton of pressure on one person. Yeah. Um. When I don't really, ha I don't have a logical explanation to say, or an emotional one to say. Oh yeah, that makes sense to me. I just have socialization through my whole life saying that's the way it has to be. Now, real quick, how did how did this affect your relationship with your parents or your siblings? Did they have an issue with it or do they even know or is that something you guys just keep between yourselves? No, so so my sister knows. My parents are older and retired in Florida, my mom. My mom has dementia, so that's not a thing. Yeah. Um and my dad's dealing with that. Um so it's not really anything that 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 has come up 
I certainly wouldn't hide it if he asked me. Like, but it's just to me and his point in his life right now. That's not something I have to bring up to him. Right. It's um, like, what does it serve exactly? Right. Right. Yeah. What What good does that do him? Our friends, yeah, they know. They all know. Like, we're on social media about it. Like, and me personally, like, my friends are my family. Right. Yeah. Like, my mom knows. She kind of found out through Instagram because we were. I was advertising our class on on Instagram, and then she saw that, and then. We just had a, had a conversation about it. And, you know, she asked questions just like anyone else. Like, why would somebody be into that? And I don't think there's any – my mom's not a judgy person. I think she's just no. curious. I, I doubt my dad knows, but my dad doesn't know – I mean, I'm, my, I love my dad, but my dad doesn't really know much about me. Got like, it. I'm well. Just as an adult, like, he just doesn't – that's a whole other topic for – Yeah. Yeah, I think time. it's just like how much do you share with your parents about – if you're not married, how much do you share with them about dating in general? Like, I've never shared a whole lot – prior to being married about my dating life with my family. It's just, that's just yeah, not the yeah. kind of relationship I had like, with them. I have two brothers. One brother knows for sure because he came down with his wife and my niece and nephew. And he was like, Hey, do you want to get lunch on a Saturday? And I was hanging out with my like special lady partner. And I was like, so here's the deal. And he was like, Oh, I don't care. He's like, yeah, I'm bring her along. So oh. whether he told the, my other brother, I don't know. And your other brother knew we were non-monogamous already. Yeah. So it just, so how many, other partners do you guys have individually i have i have two partners two. Uh, I, have, I have i have my wife nikki your wife and then i have two other partners gotcha. um that are that are all really important and i love all of them um there's further rabbit holes we could go down about uh, a term called comets and those are people that you don't see very often either they're from out of town um or they're just schedules just don't match up. You don't have the, or you're not giving the same amount of time that you do to your your partners that are like more regular partners. Okay. There's there's that's a that's a term that people use. Comets. Yeah, like yeah. Haley's comment like only comes through every so many years. Oh, right. Think yeah. about think about it. your you have friends that you see like that are right. part of like your inner circle, and then you have like friends that are yeah. like you only see them like once. Yeah, you only see yeah. Down, right. They're yeah. still so, friends, but you don't have the time that you have with the others. And yeah. then do those two other partners? I'm assuming they know about Nikki. Yeah. And oh, then, everything is on the up they, and up. They also know about each other? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so then that gets into some – there's there's all kinds of terminology, and I certainly don't profess to know it all, nor do I want to because I don't like special coded language. Right. Like, just be a human. Yeah, right, and don't worry right. about confusing my listeners either. Right, so it's cool. right. Yeah. <laughs> some some <laughs> people like something's called kitchen table poly where, like, everybody knows everybody and everybody hangs out together. And some people like what's it's called parallel poly where, like – Partners are aware of each other, but they're not really interacting. And it's everybody's is going to be different. Right. Now, for you it's, guys, for you all, so you have one other partner. I have one, like, female main, partner. I have a female partner, but okay. there's a couple gentlemen in my life that I like see every comments. once in a while. Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. And, like, one is possibly developing from a comment to yeah. more than that. Like, okay. I just met someone last week, and so we'll see what happens. And is there ever an instance where you are all together? Yeah. Not sexually, just kind of hanging out. Well, a couple of weeks ago, oh, uh, the yeah. day before Thanksgiving, me and my lady friend went out with Chad and one of his lady friends. Oh, okay. And we've yeah. done that. We've done that with with more than once. It just depends on everyone. Man, you just, that is so powerful. Like, I'm just saying, in my mind, it was just like, whoa. But I want to point out, though, like, the dynamic between the four of us works really, really well. 
right. like that's the, so just amazing. like our personalities like we just really enjoy each other's company mm-hmm. and it just kind of works out i'm not saying it's always going to work out like that i wouldn't prescribe right. it to say this is like again i would never say this is what you have to do in that situation that dynamic works mm-hmm. but it doesn't like to me whether it did or didn't like is not that doesn't affect who I look for in a partner or my relationships. And it's also like not the norm. It's not the norm for us. Like we don't always go out with each other's partners, but we all know each other. In fact, right in the very beginning when we could see relationships were developing, you know, when you kind of get to that point where you're like, okay, I want to see this person more often. We made a conscious, conscious decision to all exchange phone numbers for safety because reasons, what if somebody gets hurt. What if something happens? Mm-hmm. What if there's an accident? What like what if you last thing you want to do is scramble for a phone number or an email address or find somebody on Facebook when you're like, I don't know how to get a hold of this person. So we have everyone's got each other's phone numbers kind of just in case. But like one of his partners, I was texting all day today. Like she I mean it was just like I text our partner like that. But that's like that's just. But not that. in a sexual manner. No, just in a very like yeah. conversational. And right. that's just those particular, specific people. So every like I said, everyone's every relationship's different. Um, now, are these the same partners that you've always had since you started, like with polyamory, or are these like like new partners, like breakups, right? You have I've, I've broken up. You... Yeah, I've had I've had a breakup. Um, that, that, yeah, I'm curious about that because I was telling my wife when you know my. My daughter's mother, she was before, obviously before I got married, um, <laughs> but she was starting, she was, she explored bisexuality, then she went full on gay. But mm-hmm. while we were together, you know, I, I was like, hey, just if you're exploring that side, go explore that side, that's fine. But the only thing, the one thing that actually did bother me was when she would bring these relationship issues into the house. Yeah. Because then yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm like, you know, I'm giving you the green light, like go explore. But at the same time, now obviously I was younger and I was, you know, I wasn't as empathetic. You know, today I'm, I would have to have a lot more empathy. But, um, you know, that would be a problem. I would that was a problem for me. It adds complexity to everyone's life. That's it's it's a fallacy to think that it doesn't, because everyone's relationships within that circle somehow, to whatever extent, really do affect. Even if you just say time alone, right? It, it does affect it, and so you have to be willing to to, to deal with with that aspect of it. Like that's real, yeah. And for sure, like we deal with it. We have we, we mark days on the week that like these are these are our days of the week because it can get away from you really quick where you just don't have that time where next thing you know you're like oh I'm booked already I'm booked I'm wow. booked and so I mean it's like with anything else like if you have really chaotic jobs you need to book time um for for things like it's it happens yeah and one thing that we also kind of and and things obviously evolve but like saturday night saturday day and night are is always ours unless something pops up unless there's like hey there's a special show i want to go to or like hey we're going to go out of town it is known that we always have Saturday day and Saturday night together. And then lately it's been kind of Thursdays, but it that's kind of yeah. that can be switched out with like a Monday or Tuesday or something. We found too that we're not the the time that we spend together in the week isn't so much just on the couch anymore, just scrolling on phones, watching shows in the background. It's a little more quality that it's more t- intentional. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely more wow. intentional. Now, do either of you have a desire to have children or do you currently have children? Uh we, uh Yes, I have a I have a seventeen year old, 
uh, 17-year-old son from a previous relationship. Uh, no, we no. we do not have a desire to have children. I was I got I got a vasectomy how many years ago? Four or five years ago. We'd always known that we probably didn't want to have kids together, but we left that door open for conversation. Because in my 20s, I always thought I wanted children. Like someday, like, you know, when you're in your 30s and you solved all the world's problems and then you <laughs> get to your 30s and you're like, oh, that's not I'm not even a millionaire is what I thought I was going to be. In fact, I'm more broke in my 30s than I was in my 20s. <laughs> yeah, I'm further but, in debt. <laughs> right. But when we met at 32 years old, I was like, well, I always thought I wanted kids. So can we just keep that door open? And then I went back to school at 34, finished my undergrad at 38, went right into a master's program. And so now, like, and I'm fully aware the clock, there's a clock for women, right? There's That clock is ticking. Mm-hmm. And then his son is getting older. Then all of a sudden, I'm like, we're like 40. I'm like, what are we doing? And then I think at some point in time, I realized, like, in fact, that's kind of how I started, how I started, like, the business I do with women is that I recognize that you don't have to have children and it's okay. I started to interview all these different women and that was that was sort of part of the reason or part of my my decision making and our decision making of not to have children. Wow. So so yeah, so that ship has sailed. Like we're And I'm no. sure people do want that in, in, in polyamory. I just not something I don't think it's anything different than dating in general. Like if somebody wants a child and somebody doesn't want a child, they're probably not going to match up on a dating site real well. Right. Yeah. Now, how does your son feel about it? Does he know? No. He's he's 17. Um, he's got enough pressure in life at, at that age, being a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm waiting for him to go away to college. And then that'll be something that if if we want to have that discussion when he's an adult, I'll have that discussion with him. But there's he's got enough going on in his life to, yeah. to bring that into his life and try to make that Makes sense of that. He doesn't live with us, so it's not like he sees it on a regular basis or anything. Gotcha. You know, like who is this person in the house? Like, yeah, it's I mean not... that 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 could add more complexity for sure. Like, I wouldn't say that it wouldn't, um, but it's just something that I think I would want to wait for him to be a little more mature to even bring that up to him. Okay. Yeah, and if and just a side note for any listeners out there. The creator of Wonder Woman was in a polyamorous relationship. There's a great movie called <laughs> It Is. I mean, that's the whole Fun idea. Fact. <laughs> Fun fact. So if you want to do any research and you think that it's only like, you know, odds and ends of people that do it, like the creator of Wonder Woman was into polyamory and lived as a triad, had two wives. And they and then after he died, the women continued to live together and raise their family. Oh wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. Now here's <laughs> this is holidays coming up. Do you have to buy a gift for all your people or just uh, that's, a, that's a great that is the best question. That is so a good question. That's a, and, and specifically to us because we don't exchange gifts. We like, don't we, we don't do the only gifts that we do are for our anniversary. Like a long time ago we're like it's just too much pressure to get something for you. And we don't need more stuff. Right. right. And also, like, we have it's the same money, so it's just like, surprise, you saw it in the bank account already. So, like, we, yeah, we don't do birthday <laughs> gifts. We don't do Christmas gifts. We only do anniversary gifts based on whatever year it is, like first year's paper, second and, year's cotton. And so this – but this year, uh, like, I am doing I am doing gifts with my two partners. Um, and because? Because they'd already, like, hey, I got, like, Christmas presents. I'm like – Oh, yeah, I didn't have that conversation. So I'm doing that with them, but I've also had the conversation. I'm like, hey, we typically don't do this. Not to say that I'm like not going to have a blast with this with them and exchange gifts, but it was just something like mundane that I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot to bring that up. But it's also yeah. not coming out of the same pocket anymore. You're just buying them a gift. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and like my partner, I said to her, I was like, hey, just a heads up, like I don't do Christmas gifts, I don't do birthday gifts, and she's like, oh, good. She's like, 
we don't either. I'm like, perfect. So that ship is already, like, we've already declared that. It, like, this speaks to, to, to us, I think, a little bit to polyamory. I love to give gifts, mm-hmm. and I'm really, really good he at is. it. He's really good at it. So I'm excited to do it because, nice. like, I'm just excited and to do it. I just like want to point out that I'm not an anti-gift giver, and nor is he. It's just that I'd rather give a gift just for the Randomly. sake of giving a gift as opposed to putting pressure on for, like, like tomorrow's his birthday. So, like, we'll still do something, but there just won't be, a, like, a gift involved. Yeah. It's like I think I kind of liken it to, like, New Year's. I'm like, don't don't tell me to go drink. Like, I'll, I'll drink what I want to drink. Yeah. Right, it like, doesn't have to be New Year's. <laughs> right, like I'll have no. a good time on so my own. With with these, um, it's, it's interesting. So you're talking about these special days like your birthday, mm-hmm. Christmas. How do you choose who you spend those days with? Because some of it kind of writes itself. Like like Nikki, my wife, said, hey, I, I want to be with you on your birthday. I'm like, okay. Uh, I spent yesterday, all day yesterday and last night with one of my partners, and I'm going to spend an evening all Wednesday with, with my other partner. Um Christmas will get written by family. Okay. Like, so that, that kind of writes itself. And then we'll, I'll see my two partners around Christmas time. Now, are your other two partners, do they have their own partners? Um, yes. Uh, and, it, it, and it depends on how you want to find that. Like, uh, one is married and, and one is not, but they both have partners. Gotcha. So, and then do the one that's married... Does is it mean is it is it full blown open communication across the board or is, is that kind of their prerogative? At that uh, like, so, do you talk with her husband? Is that like a? Uh, I I have. We're not like close or tight. Not not like best friends, but right. but he's aware that you're her partner. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. Like when I go over, say hi and talk and stuff. But it, it's we're very different people, so it's not like like hey, let's go out and get dinner together. Right. right, right. right. I mean, if if we. It, there's no point in like forcing something that if they're just different people, mm-hmm. not good or bad, but you know, but if it was one of those things, I'm like, oh, you like this too. And we're like, became good friends. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Right. I'm just not looking for it either. And I've met, so my lady friend, I've met her husband. Actually, they just got married like Thursday. So, oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. It was a very small wedding in their living room. Um, they got married on their 10 year anniversary. So, but I've met him, a, I mean, a bunch of times. You wow. know, I've even hung out with him. And so, yeah, so it's not really, I mean, I wouldn't say I've hung out with him. Like, it's not like, I'm like, oh, let's go get drunk together. But, like, there have been times where, like, the three of us were just hanging out together. Now, this may sound a little silly because I guess the concern would be no different than, you know, um, a regular relationship or whatever. But do you have health concerns? Like, sexually transmitted diseases I, with being with so many different partners and well i mean think about it like well i'm sorry that's not the wrong i want to say that i'd be willing to bet that i have less partners than the average person dating like i'm i'm dating i'm i'm dating so the same concerns they have is right I'm, but i'm yeah. dating i'm dating three people like i'm not going out on like one's one's my wife the other two are my partners and i'm committed to them and they're fully aware but yeah absolutely like in general yeah, like whatever your screening, your your STD screening is or STI screening, I think whatever that frequency is, like that's a that that conversation's had before sex yeah. to begin with of like, hey, what where you're at? Let's talk safety. This is the sort of due diligence to do. That's that's just part of it. And I would assume or I would hope that that's, you know, I would always take that into into account. I would never prescribe that to the rest of the world because you're an adult. 
you know what to do. How often mm-hmm. do you get checked? Or we whatever? just got checked like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but I do yeah. it yearly at my at my physical. Yeah. Oh, so it's a yearly thing. Yeah. yeah. Some people will do it more often, um, and then you you talk about protection, like yeah. as, as you would in dating, and to whatever extent that is for your preference and your partner's preference, would be no different than just if you were a single person, you approaching that. Wow. Yeah. Wow, this has been a very interesting conversation. I think we're uh, coming up on the end here. Any other final questions that you're like, oh. Uh, I think you guys, y'all dug in deep. You guys did a good job at at really addressing a lot of things. It was very insightful. I I had a lot of misconceptions. Like I said, I thought it was just more (laughs) form and lifestyle. (laughs) But it's very different. Um, Yeah, and we taught a class on in October. Yeah, October, and we're teaching at, one in January. At Early to Bed, at Early to Bed what up in you... Andersonville, and we're teaching again on February 5th. I guess okay. one, I mean, I guess kind of along those lines, right, your class and, mm-hmm. and also to the topic of Be Less Petty, um, what is your advice to people that are potentially exploring that, right? Like, I think there's a lot. Communication is, is key in everything. Like, you can't over-communicate anything. Like, your feelings are valid. Mm-hmm. regardless of what they are they're valid and it's like don't make it weird it doesn't have it only make it it's only weird if you make it weird but yeah to talk about it and to come at it from like a a judgment-free place like if somebody want if you're approaching your partner and saying hey i've got these feelings don't immediately judge them for it right maybe find out well why are you feeling this way but it's interesting because i'll get women because i work with so many women on different levels, I'll get women that will find out that I'm in, that you know we're colleagues. They'll see it on Facebook or on Instagram, or I'll openly talk about it at these women's events that I do. And I I will always get women that will be like, "Oh, we could never do that. My husband is extremely protective." Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because these women don't talk about themselves. Like they don't say like, "Oh, I could never do that." They it's just go, "My husband, it's my husband that. couldn't do yeah. that." And that's But maybe they could. Right. They but that's a whole nother that's a whole nother conversation. Right. But I think if you are going to have that that discussion to be open and, and understanding about it and find out, "Well, why are we having this discussion?" instead of just saying, "Well, you're not going to do that anyway." Because that's you get defensive and our egos get involved and that's a huge that's a big part of it. Right? Yeah. But I think you have to be open and you have to just say, like, hey, let's just drop the judgment and let's just have a conversation about why you're feeling this way. There's a lot of resources out there for people just online in general, too, to sort of look into it, communities and such. I know there's meetup groups in Chicago, too. Um, and I think it's just it might be different, but it's not better or worse. It's not more or less. It's right. just it's just different. And yeah. just like anything, it doesn't fix your relationship. It doesn't. Your relationship has to be solid. In order for this to even happen, if we were like, there's been times we've been together 12 and a half years. There's been times where we've been in like a negative space. Like a year ago, this time we were not in a good space. And like, it's, I, life. it's just life. Right. Like it's just life, and it happens. But like, we also didn't have outside partners then, so we kind of had to work. Like I had a bunch of work I needed to do mentally. Like there's stuff that we had to talk about. But like being polyamorous doesn't fix your relationship. Just like having children doesn't fix your relationship. Yeah. But I, I really like how you guys, you know, you kind of likened it to having friends, right? Yeah. Because yeah. there's, I mean, even friends or even a job, right, or just anything external outside of your marriage that, you know, because I know that I'll have a bad day, whether it's with my job or maybe I, I had, a, a you know, an argument with a friend. 
and it will enter the house. Yeah. Right. And it's no different than, you know, any other relationship. Right. I mean, that's just essentially what it is. It's right. just it, it's you know, you're just taking it to you're doing different things within that relationship. So like people get jealous of friends. Right. Like in relationships, they get jealous of of platonic friends because you do certain things with them. Right. And so I kind of liken to them like well, what like I guess the question is, why are you jealous? What is that jealousy about? Or is it? That's the conversation more so than like you shouldn't be doing that. Like, you know. Um, I have one final question here. Do you guys have any um, spiritual or religious beliefs or anything that you follow? Yeah, don't be a dick. <laughs> like I'm, I'm agnostic. I was raised agnostic. Okay. Um, I actually went to a Catholic college, not to be Catholic, but it just happened to be there. Um, I just really like the idea of just, just be a good person to people. Right. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't do I like. I don't really know what happens when we die. Like, I have no idea. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the whole organized religion. That's me personally. Mm-hmm. But just just try to be good to people. Um, I was raised Catholic and went to Catholic school. So, therefore, I have no religion in my life now. So, because that's kind of what happens. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, I'm not, I, I don't not believe in God, but I don't, I believe in, like, many gods. I believe in whatever. Right. But, yeah, I, I would chat, like, just don't be a dick. Um, my goal is to live forever. Uh, so far, so good. There so go. I got that nice. going for me. Uh, but yeah, just be nice to people. And I, a phrase I use a lot is unite, not untie. That it's about people coming together instead of tearing each other apart. Nice. Love I it. like that. I unite, not untie. I really like that. Thank you so much, Nikki and Chad, for joining us. This was uh, very insightful. Yeah. And uh, is you. there anything you'd like them to know about you, Nikki, where to follow you or anything like that? I know you teach for the women a lot yeah, of cool so stuff. Yeah, so you can so. go to my website. Uh, the easy way to remember it is actbconquer.com or my name, NikkiNeagle.com. It all goes in the same space. Um, I run one- monthly women's events. I do one-on-one coaching, corporate coaching. And then um, we're building a website right now for us for uh for when we teach okay nice. yep. yeah the polyamorous yeah and so when's that class again we're teaching in february february 5th at early to bed uh, in the evening i think their classes start at seven i think it's okay. seven i don't pay attention to their website i gotta send them all the verbiage and everything but february 5th early to bed awesome nice. i will make sure to put all of that in the yeah comment section as well Thank you guys again. Thank no, you thank so you much. For having us. Thank you. Super Thanks. fun. Thanks. All right, guys. Awesome. We'll see you next time on Be Less Pay the Podcast. You want to say bye, honey? Bye. Bye. A very special thank you to Lisa Beasley, our producer with She Funny, as well as Teresa Stewart. Her company is Colored. She's responsible for all of our new branding and design and cards against humanity for this donated studio space.